الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم بارك لنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected mothers and sisters and students of deen The ayat that was recited is something which every single person perhaps knows by heart and we hear it every year without fail before the month of Ramadan, during the month of Ramadan it is repeatedly recited in bayans etc. And today also we wish to discuss the same thing because we are in this month of Rajab and the month of Rajab Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as soon as the month started he would be engaging himself in this dua excessively the dua that was recited at the beginning Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa ballighna Ramadan So the first thing that is in this dua is that Nabi Salaam Yusuf make dua for barakat in the month of Rajab and Sha'ban. So what we understand from this is that barakat is in this month. Therefore Nabi Salaam is asking to be granted the barakat of the month. So the month of Rajab is Mubarak. And then, together with that, the month of Sha'ban. And then further, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to make dua, وَبَلِّغْنَا Ramadan. Ya Allah, enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan. So the third thing in this is, together with the barakat of Rajab, then Sha'ban, the enthusiasm and the zeal to reach the month of Ramadan. And this is what we have to focus on, that the month of Rajab has commenced. Have we already started showing this zeal, this enthusiasm for the Mubarak month of Ramadan? So as far as the month of Rajab is concerned and its barakat, how does one achieve this barakat? How does one receive this barakat? So the way of achieving barakat is to bring two things in our life. And when these two things will come, then barakat will come. And if there isn't the procedure, the procedure is not adopted, these things are not there what are supposed to be there, then we cannot expect to get any barakat. So nowadays, we all want this barakat, but to adopt the procedure to acquire it, that is something which we don't give it the due regard, we try to or want to get it without following the procedure, then that is wishful thinking. So what is the procedure of gaining barakat? 
The procedure is imtithale awamir and ijtinabe nawahi. Imtithale awamir means that to fulfill the commands of Allah wa ta'ala, this is what will bring barakat. And together with that, to refrain from the things, ijtinabe nawahi, refrain from the things that Allah ta'ala has prohibited. When both these things will come, one is the positive wire, the other is the negative wire. When both the positive and negative wire are in place, then the light comes on. Then the barakat, the light of barakat will come on in our lives, in our hearts, in our wealth, in everything. There will be barakat. And if only one wire is there, the other wire is missing, a person is doing the righteous actions, but he's not refraining from sin, then barakat can't come, the light won't come on. Both things are necessary for the barakat. So, we have to do what Allah Ta'ala has ordered us to do, and we have to refrain from what Allah Ta'ala has prohibited us from. And then we'll see how this will bring the barakat, the barakat of Rajab will come, the barakat of Shaban will come, and the barakat throughout the year will also come. And the special barakat that is in this month, that obviously will come also in the same manner. So for example, if a person now is hungry, and he keeps looking at the food, he talks about the food, he has all the details of the food, the menu is in front of him, whatever the ingredients were put into it, all explained to him. But if he doesn't eat it, then there's going to be no benefit in merely just talking about it. In terms of the nourishment, he won't get any nourishment. He will have to eat the food. He's thirsty, he will have to drink the water. Merely looking at the water is not going to quench the thirst. So likewise, knowing the benefit of the month of Rajab, knowing that it is a Mubarak month, and likewise the month of Shaban, and all the benefits of the month of Ramadan, merely knowing about it, or speaking about it, listening about it, that itself won't bring that barakat. We'll get the sawab maybe of talking about it if it's done with the right intention. We'll get the sawab of listening to it. But to get the barakat, we'll have to do what is meant to be done. We'll have to do the actions that are required of us. We'll have to forsake what is prohibited from us. Then we'll see the barakat coming. The sahaba kiram when they heard something or they were told something, they gave their every bit for it. Then there was no half measures. And what extent they went to in order to do whatever they committed themselves to. Like for example, we want the barakat. We say, no, we're committing ourselves now. We want the barakat. So how do we commit ourselves? Hazrat Hakim bin Hizam radiallahu ta'ala an, he came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he asked for some wealth, some money. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave him something. Then the second time again he came. Oh Nabi of Allah, give me something. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave him. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave some advice as well. He told him that in al mala hulwatun khadiratun. That this wealth is very sweet and very lush. To look at it, it tempts a person. Person feels that I can do many things with it. So let me take this wealth, let me try and acquire more and more of it, even beg for it, ask others for it. And Allah forbid, if the person sometimes doesn't get it in some other 
way which is halal, but that greed for that wealth has come in, then the person starts using haram ways to get that wealth. So Hazrat Nabi Akram sallallahu is saying to Hazrat Hakim bin Hizam radiallahu ta'ala an, that this wealth is very tempting. But thereafter Nabi sallallahu alayhi says, That the one who takes it with the generosity of the heart. In other words, he doesn't have any greed for it. He doesn't have any kind of obsession with wealth. That I must have it. And I must have these luxuries. And he is now putting day and night into one to try and acquire more and more of the world or using haram means to gain it or the person is looking at whatever others have and desiring it or having this greed for it. That is not the case. The person doesn't have that greed for the wealth or looking at what others have and desiring what others have. The person is rather content with whatever one has. Then Allah Ta'ala sends something in some halal way. The person makes shukar on that. The person takes it as a gift from Allah Ta'ala. Then that is taking it with the generosity of the heart. Then such a person gets barkat in it. We are talking about the barkat also. This is the barkat in the wealth. That it comes with the generosity of the heart. It's taken with the generosity of the heart where there isn't this greed for it, this desire, deep desire to have it, etc. And then Nabi Islam says, فَمَنْ أَخَذَهُ بِإِشْرَافِ نَفْسٍ لَمْ يُبَارَكْ لَهُ فِي And the one who takes it with this ishraf, that the person has this greed for it. The person is hoping I get it, and if the person doesn't or won't get it at that time, then the person will be very sorry about it, feeling very grieved over it, that why did I get left out? Why wasn't I given? This person just overlooked me, didn't give me, or I was hoping this person will give me this item, but didn't give it to me. That ishraf, the person who takes it with this ishraf enough, Nabi Islam says, Lam yubarak lahufi. He will have no barakat in it. And when the barakat is gone, then the end result will be, He'll become like that person who keeps eating, but never gets satisfied. There are some people who have the illness. It might be very rare, but it's called ju'ul baqar in Arabic. And the illness is such that no matter how much a person eats, the hunger doesn't go. Maybe he, his stomach is full now. The stomach is full, he can't eat another morsel in terms of pushing it down his throat. But he's still feeling hungry. It's already come up to his throat, but that hunger, that, like how a person feels the pangs of hunger. The person hasn't eaten for 10 hours, 15 hours, and now the person is feeling the pangs of hunger. This person's stomach is full, but the pangs of hunger haven't gone. He can't even squeeze another morsel in. He can't squeeze one drop in, like one person was eating and eating, and thereafter he ate right to the full, and he still wanted to eat more. So somebody told him, look, you should actually, uh, one third you should eat food, leave one third for water, and one third for air, this is the way. So that person said, look, uh, food I eat full to the capacity, water is liquid, it will find its way. Wherever it is, it will make its way, because it's liquid, it will just manage to squeeze through. And the one third for A, well, if I breathe or don't breathe, I'm not really worried, but I must eat, but if the 
I managed to breathe or don't breathe, the air I managed to get in or out, doesn't matter, but uh, I must be able to eat full. So this kind of people, this is this jewel bakar, that no matter how much the person eats, the person is still not satisfied. So this becomes the situation with the dunya, that the person, no matter how much he will have, or how much he begs from people, and no matter how much he has already stored away, but that person will never be satisfied, the person will carry on to try and acquire more and more and more, until Nabi Islam says, The only thing that fills the belly of this person is the sand of the grave. In other words, when this person passes away, now everything will have to come to a stop. But besides that, the person just doesn't have any restriction from within himself, is just wanting more and more all the time. And he's never satisfied. So where this comes from? This comes from the ishraf of the nafs. So, when Nabi Islam gave this advice to the Hakim in Hizam what was his response? He said, O Nabi of Allah, وسلم, after this advice that you have given me, I've understood that to ask and beg and these kind of things is not correct. I will never ever ask anybody anything again. So he said, and I will never, I will never take anything from anybody again. This is what he said, I will never take anything also. Forget asking, if somebody gives me also, I will be content with what I have, I will never take anything again. Now he made this commitment to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Whereas, not to take anything is not something that is compulsory, that a person must never take. Somebody gives a hadiyah, one is entitled to receive it. If there is no ishraf, one can take the hadiyah, there is no problem with that. And uh, there are other situations also, that it is permissible to take provided certain conditions are fulfilled. But as Hakim bin Hizam at that moment was so overcome with the advice that Nabi Islam gave, that he committed himself, I will never take anything again. After Nabi Islam passed away, in Nabi Islam's lifetime, he never took anything from anyone. After Nabi Islam passed away, Abu Bakr used to call him, that you are a poor person, a needy person, take this, he would blankly refuse. Umar used to call him in his time, and he would refuse. Hazrat Umar then made an announcement. He addressed the Sahaba. Ya Mashar Nas, O people, listen carefully. I am calling Hakim to give him that which Allah Ta'ala has apportioned for him. That this is his right. The wealth that is coming from the booty, etc. This is his right also. He has a share in it. But he is refusing to take it. I am making everybody witness on it. That I have offered it to him. But he is refusing to take it. Until the last day, till he lived, he did not take one thing from anybody. He lived in that manner because he had committed himself. He had committed to Nabi Wasallam that I will not take anything, but that's it. Once he made the commitment, there's no half measures. A complete and full commitment. Hazrat Jarir ibn Abdullah Bajali radiallahu ta'ala an, he committed himself to Nabi Wasallam that I will always be a well-wisher of others. I will always be a well-wisher of others. Now somebody, he wanted to buy a horse. So somebody was selling the horse. The person who he told, please buy the horse for me. He bought the horse and came for uh, whatever price it was, 200 dirhams. Now when he brought the person, the seller with the horse to come and take his payment, Hazrat Jari radiallahu ta'ala an, Hazrat Jari looks at the horse and says to him that... Uh, 
will you sell this horse for 300? The person already sold it for 200. So he said, very well. Then he looked at me, he said, will you sell it for three, 400, 500, 600? Finally, he brings him up to about 700 dirhams. And then he pays him 700 dirhams and he then sends him off. The people are astonished that this person himself was ready to sell it for 200 dirhams. And then you put the price up. He in fact concluded the deal that he's ready to, he sold it for 200. You put the price up and gave him 700 dirhams. Hazrat Jari says that I had committed myself to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that I will always be a well-wisher of people. And therefore, I realized that this person did not know the value of the horse. The true value of the horse was 700. I had committed to be a well-wisher. The dictates of being a well-wisher demanded that I give him the true value. So though he had agreed to take 200, I was constrained by being a well-wisher that I must give him 700. Now can we think about this kind of commitment in our life? To this extent, somebody committed himself to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that I will not ask anybody anything. So now he's mounted on his horse and his, the whip in his hand falls down. Now somebody else is standing there and it's a job to dismount from the horse, come down, pick up whatever is down and then to remount the horse. It's a bit of a job. But this person jumps off and then picks that whip up on his own and he then remounts. The person standing there says to him that you could have just merely told me, I would have picked it up. I didn't notice it, but this thing fell down. How much effort would have been for me to pick it up? And you had to unmount from the horse and come down and then pick it up. So the Sahabi replies and says that I committed myself to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that I will never ask anything from anybody. I didn't even dare to ask somebody to give me that whip also from the floor. So this was that commitment. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the commitment is made to him. Now we got to stick by that commitment. Likewise, we won this barakat. This barakat in the month of Rajab, the barakat in the month of Shaban. So we need to commit ourselves. We need to commit ourselves to the procedure of acquiring that barakat. And the procedure of acquiring that barakat is imtithale awamir and ijtinabe nawahi, to do what is compulsory upon us and to refrain from all the sin. Then we will see the barakat coming. The barakat coming in our ilm. The barakat coming in our wealth. The barakat coming in our amal. The barakat coming in the work that we do. The barakat in time. The barakat in the family, in the muhabbat of the family. Because all this is based on barakat. It's not based on material things. Sometimes we try to buy love. We try to buy love, the love of our children, the love of the spouse, the giving of hadiyah is a different thing. Giving of hadiyah with ikhlas for the sake of muhabbat, that is something sunnat. But now we just, we shirk in other issues and just to try to keep things sailing smoothly, we try to merely buy love with possessions, with material things. That is very short-lived and very superficial. If some hadiyah, it might be a small thing. But hadiyah is given with ikhlas, with sincerity, then that has a tremendous effect of muhabbat. But if it is something superficial, something artificial, meaning in terms of the intention, something that is not done with the ikhlas and sincerity of hadiyah, then that cannot bring that desired result of hadiyah. 
Nabi Salaam said, Tahadaw tahabu, give hadiya to one another, it'll create love and muhabbat. So that is when that hadiya is for the sake of muhabbat with ikhlas, with sincerity. One buzrug was going to visit another buzrug. He heard his ill, so he was going to visit him. Now as he was going en route, the thought crossed his mind that I'm going to visit this person, but I didn't take along any hadiya to give hadiya a sunnat. So I should have taken some hadiyah along. So now that the thought crossed on him, uh, through his mind and root, so he said, well, very well, the pieces of stick that were lying, that fall from the tree, the branches, the pieces of branches that fall, now that is free for anybody to pick up and do what they want. It's on the roadside. Anybody can chop that wood and take it. It's not any personal property of any person. So those twigs that were fallen on the ground, he picked all those twigs up and made a bundle of it. And then he carried that bundle along and then he went to visit the Buzruk that he was going to meet. He came and after meeting him, then he presented this bundle of twigs, of pieces of the branches as a hadiyah. And what was in his mind was that even this too is of use because the cooking etc. was done on fire, so he will use it to be able to cook one day's meal with it. He will burn his fire with this wood, with these twigs. So he, it was a very simple, basic thing, even in that time, it was like a very ordinary thing in that time as well, because people can just chop wood in their gardens, in their, down the road from them. But he didn't think of it in that note. He wanted to present a hadiyah, he brought the hadiyah, now, look at the barkat of ikhlas. The buzrug who received it, he called his khadim immediately. And he said to him, that look, this bundle of wood, this bundle of twigs and this wood, take it and keep it aside. Now, look at the appreciation also. Also, One is to give, the other is to receive with appreciation, to appreciate what was given. He says, take this bundle of wood and keep it aside. And when I pass away, the water for my ghusl, that will have to be heated, so some fire will have to be burned to heat the water for the ghusl, then use this wood to burn that fire, and heat the water on this wood, on the fire that is burning from this wood. I have hope that with the ikhlas that this hadiya has been given, Allah Ta'ala will forgive me as well, that my ghusl water was heated with the fire that was burned from this wood, the ikhlas of this wood and the hadiyah that this was given with, I am hopeful that my maghfirat will take place as well. So that is as a result of the ikhlas. So in any case, what we were talking about is that the barakat comes in all these things, in the family, in the muhabbat between the people of the home, all this is based on barakat. And barakat will come when we have committed ourselves to the procedure of acquiring barakat. And what is the procedure of acquiring barakat? That is the same two things that we have mentioned, that fulfilling the commands of Allah Taala and refraining from all haram, refraining from everything that Allah Taala has forbidden. Then this barakat will come. So sometimes barakat comes with an increase in quantity as well. There's an increase in quantity and there's barakat also. And sometimes the quantity doesn't necessarily increase. But barakat is filled in it. And what sometimes people can't do with 10,000 rands, 
another person gets all his work done in 2,000 rands. And what somebody with all the expensive items that he's buying to buy love with, he can't seem to achieve anything with that from his children, from people in the home, etc. Simple hadiyas are achieving 10 times the result of that. Because there's barakat in that simple hadiyah which was done with ikhlas, and because the procedure of barakat was adopted, that Allah Ta'ala's commands were fulfilled, and Nabi Wasallam's way of life was fulfilled, and the sin and disobedience was all discarded, so the procedure of barakat was adopted, now there's barakat in everything. There's barakat in the simple food also. The person is eating the simple food and is feeling completely satiated. He's feeling happy about it. And the other person is feeling that the simple food at home is no good. I must eat out. The person is eating out and feeling just as miserable. The person is feeling that this outing also was uh, of no use. So what is the end result of that? It's just misery upon misery. So what is required in our lives? Barakat. And barakat will come when we bring the procedure of barakat. So therefore the first thing for this barakat is that we acquire the obedience of Allah Ta'ala in our life and at the same time we discard the disobedience. When the month of Ramadan will come, the month of Ramadan will come, the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala will be pouring down in torrents. The barakat will be pouring down also. But like a person is standing out in the rain, if the person is standing out in the rain, all around it's pouring. But what did the person do? The person has got the umbrella open. The person is standing under the umbrella. So not one drop will fall on this person. Because a big wide umbrella, or the person is inside the tent, then not one drop will pass, uh, reach one. So likewise, the rahmat of Allah wa ta'ala, the barakat from Allah Ta'ala's side, Pause down in these Mubarak months, the month of Rajab, the month of Shaban, and especially the month of Ramadan. But if the person has got this umbrella of sins over his head, then the Rahmat won't reach him. The Rahmat will fall all around. And the person put a whole tent of sin over him. And he's enclosed in this tent of sin. Then that even that moisture of that Barakat and Rahmat won't reach. So we got to remove this umbrella of sin from above our heads by making sincere tawbah, istighfar, and coming on the obedience of Allah wa ta'ala. And then we will see how this rahmat and barakat will reach us in everything. In our relationships with people, in our ilm and acquiring of knowledge of deen, our amal, many a times we know something, we want to practice on it too, but there just doesn't seem to be the drive to do what is supposed to be done. We just don't have the enthusiasm. We don't seem to be able to get ahead or push ourselves to do something. So the barakat will come in all this when we've adopted the procedure. Then we'll find that amal will become easy. There'll be barakat in that amal. There'll be barakat in our time. There'll be barakat in our wealth. There'll be barakat in our rizq. There'll be barakat in everything around us. So, therefore we have to start becoming engaged in this preparation for Ramadan from now. The other thing about this dua was that Nabi Salaam said, Allahumma barik lana fi rajaba wa sha'ban wa ballighna Ramadan. Ya Allah, enable us to reach Ramadan. This enthusiasm to reach Ramadan. So we have this month already of Rajab. One is we should be already reciting this dua excessively. And we should be waiting for this month of Ramadan like a very noble guest some guest is coming, if there's an announcement that there's some very big guest coming to our house, some 
uh, information has come, some phone call has come, this very senior guest will come. What is the position in that household before time? Already the preparations are taking place well in advance and everything is being made speak and span, everything is cleaned out because there's a very noble and a very senior guest coming. So, what is the biggest concern? That when this guest comes, this guest must be happy. And when this guest leaves, this guest must be very happy with us. There must be no complaint. There mustn't be any kind of uh, difficulty that the guest experiences. So the month of Ramadan also is a very noble guest. From now we have to start preparing for this guest. Nabi Islam used to start from the beginning of Rajab. So many days of Rajab have gone. Have we started reciting this dua? We should start if we haven't. And we should start after reciting it after every namaz. And at other times as well. With earnestness, with this enthusiasm. Ya Allah, enable me to reach Ramadan. Give me the barakat of Rajab and Shaban. Enable me to reach Ramadan. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Shaban. Wa balighna Ramadan. Now we are beginning to start preparing for this month. Then the preparation, just as we mentioned, that the house gets cleaned out, other things get all dusted out, everything is made spick and span. The cleaning out, which is the preparation for the month of Ramadan, is to clean our inside, clean our heart. It's very uh, easy to clean the things on the outside. But the main thing to clean is the thing on inside. We have, everybody has this desire, the house must be clean, our clothes must be clean, everything around us must be clean, and it must not just be clean, it must be shining, we must be able to see our faces in it, our shoes must be also shining and clean, so head to toe, and everything around us, everything clean. But what about what is inside us? Our heart, that must be clean, have we given any consideration to that? That have we cleaned our hearts out? That is the main thing. That the outside, the outside is perishable. And the outside, that is not something that is going to be of any lasting effect. But what is inside? Let us clean that out. Clean the heart out of all evils, all sin, all jealousy, malice, hatred, looking down upon the next person, thinking of somebody as inferior. And likewise all the other evils, let us clean the heart out of that. Now we are cleaning everything up, we are preparing for this great guest. So the heart absolutely cleaned out. And all sin and evils, we cleaned it out. All the wrongs that we may be involved in, we are forsaking it and making sincere toba immediately from it. The mix it and the other things we got mixed up in, we are forsaking all that. All the haram relationships are all over. And all the other evils are all of the past. Now we're moving ahead on a new leaf. And now we want to acquire this barakat. So we've adopted the procedure. We are now fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala. We are refraining from all sin. Then we'll see how the barakat starts pouring in. We'll see the happiness in the heart. And we'll see how Allah Ta'ala opens a way out for us from all our difficulties and problems. And we will see the barakat and rahmat that comes. And this will be the true preparation for this great guest. The month of Ramadan that will come with all its rahmat and all the maghfirat and all the blessings. Now we'll be able to receive from it. And now we'll be able to fill our hearts with all this. And we'll find that when this month of Ramadan then leaves, 
it will leave in a state that it was very happy with us. It will go to Allah Ta'ala as an intercessor on our behalf. It will not have any complaint against us on the day of Qiyamah or in the court of Allah Ta'ala. I was such a noble guest, this person didn't pay any attention to me. This person hurt me by doing wrong things even in the month of Ramadan. Then if the month of Ramadan is going to be complaining against us, what, can, what chance do we have? So therefore we have to be very now engaged in this preparation for the Mubarak month of Ramadan. And already from now, don't be thinking that this is still far away, there's a long time. No, Nabi Wasallam taught us by this dua, that the preparation starts in advance, right from the month of Rajab starting, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban, wa ballighna Ramadan. And when we will give it this due, and we will start preparing from now, then we'll see Allah Ta'ala blessing us accordingly. So this is the lesson and this is the message for today, that this Dua that Nabi Islam taught, Allahumma barik lana fi rajaba wa sha'aban, wa ballighna ramadan. We learn this dua, start reciting it, recite it after every salah, recite it at other times as well, with earnestness, not just reciting the words, but with that meaning in mind. And showing that enthusiasm, showing that enthusiasm, and waiting for Ramadan. When a person waits for an ibadat, like it comes in the hadith, that a person who is waiting for salah, is like a person in salah. The person is getting the reward for salah. One salah is finished, the person is eagerly and enthusiastically waiting the next salah. This person is getting the reward of salah already. So likewise, a person who is waiting and enthusiastically looking forward to the month of Ramadan, inshallah, the person will start getting the benefits of Ramadan from now and the thawab of Ramadan to some extent from now. And if such a person passes away before Ramadan comes, Inshallah, such a person too will be included among those who were part of Ramadan due to having been enthusiastically awaiting Ramadan. So the Ramadan that is coming, Inshallah, we don't know whether we will be around or not. Ramadan will come, but whether we will be around or gone, we have no idea. But if Allah Ta'ala gives us the opportunity, then from now let us try and make this Ramadan a very different Ramadan. A Ramadan that will make a complete change in our life. A Ramadan of total decision making. But that starts now. It doesn't start on the first of Ramadan. That preparation starts now. Then we will be able to make those decisive, uh, take those decisive steps in Ramadan. So may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us the azmat of these Mubarak months, the months that are with us, the months that are coming. And Allah Ta'ala give us the barakat of the month of Rajab, the barakat of the month of Sha'ban, grant us the maghfirat and the rahmat of Ramadan, enable us to reach Ramadan with afiyat, and give us a tawfiq of fulfilling all the amal, of refraining from every haram, every disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, wa ta'ala. and may Allah Ta'ala, wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to do what will be pleasing to Him, and to become His true and obedient servants. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العاز الأكرم 
ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله